and welcome to the Stoke City Years, a podcast that reviews the history of Stoke City Football Club season by season. Uh, big welcome to Tony Lloyd once again. How are you doing, Tony? Greetings, not bad. Um, all is well. I've just lost the document, but I just said I've got ready. But apart from that, all is really good. Excellent. So, uh, the last time you uh, left us, we had got to the 1895-96 to Stoke City season, Stoke FC season. I keep doing this, and I probably will always do this. <laughs> I haven't learnt my lesson by now. Uh, and now we are going to look at the 1896-97 Stoke FC season. Now, as always, we like to uh, have a look at what was happening in the world in 1896. So, the first TUC Congress is held in London. The shortest war in recorded history, the Anglo-Zanzibar War, takes place on the 27th of August. The war starts at 9am and lasts 45 minutes. And Blackpool Pleasure Beach opens. But the real roller coaster season was in the potteries. Do you like, do you like how uh, kind of local radio DJ I go when uh, I transition? I enjoy that a great deal. Thank you very much. Got a really good one for the next year as well. But <laughs> carry on. Um, yes. <laughs> so where are we? 1896-97. I've left it way too late in this decade now to try and popularise my keep it 90s hashtag. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're wearing Barcelona colours again. Yes. Good. Or I should say Stoke colours because I'm pretty sure we might have done it first. I should yeah. check that. But yeah, we're wearing red and blue stripes. Hooray for red and blue stripes. And our manager is again Bill Rowley. Rowley. Yeah, Ben, uh, ben Rowley. We should say get well soon to Ben Rowley. Who Rowley, yes. Um, uh, who's just out of hospital or just out of surgery or something. At time of recording, uh, ben, Ben's back has been knifed by, by trained professionals. Uh, <laughs> and he appears to be uh, content with the result, so that's uh, that's yes. good. Uh, Doing okay, it sounds like. I had the same surgery nearly two years ago, so I have all the sympathy. Uh, good, indeed. My back is fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, see, see, see um, this chair I'm sat on. No lumbar support whatsoever, because as I say, my back is fine. <laughs> Uh, ben has been listening to the uh, uh, these episodes. I should <laughs> I should probably let you know as well. So uh, yes, yes. Uh, but uh, how was uh, Bill Rowley? How was Bill Rowley's back? Should I say was criticism water off his duck's back? <laughs> <laughs> he was in charge again. He made some interesting signings as he had done the season before. I think last season I meant to mention that I'd um, keeping it in the Wizards family. I had I found a nice photo of him, which I should probably tweet. I, I sent it to you, yeah. I think. Um, but I did confer with our very own Tom Thrower, and he scored him a solid eight. Clearly suave, but could be a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope he wasn't. I've sort of checked his movements over years and I don't think he's Jack the Ripper, so that gives him a nine from me. Um, but anyway, yeah, he, um, as well as being manager, picked himself in goal for four games again this season. Um, I don't know which ones they are, so I can't say if that was a good decision or not, but he's um, managing and administrating and doing all that stuff. And he also signed our first ever Irishman, uh, Zeke Johnston from Burnley. So that would have gone down well. Really suave, but could be a murderer is my Tinder profile. Um, 
<laughs> just throw them with a bit of misdirection. <laughs> but yes, the first ever Irishman. Uh, and Stoke City never look back from that moment because it seems throughout my Stoke supporting life that we've always had uh, Irishmen in the uh, in the squad. But back when I was started, it was Clive Clark and James O'Connor. And now we've got mm. James McLean and Nathan Collins. And whoa, what, what, a, what a great... Uh, like even plastic Irishmen like Liam Lawrence and Rory Delap and John Walters. John Walters. Uh, I think Glenn Whelan is confirmed definitely Irish. So yeah, but a uh, first Irishman is he, Does that make him the first overseas player, or is the Home Rule Bill not? At, because at the, Ireland doesn't have independence at this stage, does it? There's some complications because. There was a limit on how there was disagreements over whether you should have Scotchmen in the team, yes. even, and there was a reciprocal agreement with the Scottish League that that was all right. But I did see an article which I obviously can't find right now. But there was something I saw where the English FA was suggesting they should ban Scottish players because the Eng- the Scottish FA weren't holding up their end of the bargain and playing lots of English players in their league. <laughs> right. How that was their fault, I'm not entirely certain. Mm. Um, but yeah, weird. But nice to have Zeke Johnson on board, Johnston on board. I think he goes on to do quite well. From yeah, he's he goalkeeper with sixteen appearances that season. Um, we we used yeah. five goalkeepers this season, including four appearances for uh, Bill Rowley himself. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Ezekiel Johnston, as he's better known, <laughs> would um, definitely definitely not. Uh, an overseas player. Not only was he born in Belfast, but uh, Ireland very much not uh, an independent entity at this point. I hope to God I've got this correct. Um, uh, <laughs> just Ireland hasn't been invented yet, so it's just that bit yeah, over there. The, cause the, We're referring to Ireland as in it's a mass of land surrounded by water. It may, from a national point of view, be something else. Yeah, a uh, good thing I'm not going mm-hmm. in two days, isn't it? <laughs> yes, uh, the, the, the flag is the cross, the red cross on the white uh Square rather, rather that forms than, the sort of diagonal center of the union flag we have yes, now. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, a very, one. very hard for Stokes to have overseas players at all uh, at this point in global history because with the British Empire owning so much of the world, there was very few. <laughs> yeah. there, there were a lot fewer countries back then to uh, from which to sign players, and ve- and even very few of them even had football. So it might be a while before we get to. The first uh, overseas player, but um, I don't know. I don't actually yeah. know who that is, so that's going to be a interesting one for us. Uh, it's Exciting to find out. I think almost every country was sort of Britain then, anyway, so it didn't really matter. Oh, the good old days, wasn't it? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Hey, what else did we do that that chimes with current events or recent events? We beat Liverpool six one. I know. They had only just come up from the second division but I do have a lovely match report which I know you enjoy I'm all Um, here for old timey newspaper writing if I can find it I I love the way it just the the really tedious bits that don't matter seem to fill up so much of it it opens with at Stoke before 6,000 spectators Stoke kicked off and immediately ran the ball out (laughs) oh great cheers that's that's really you don't get that in the athletic Um, do you (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I haven't paid. <laughs> no one um, has. Then, 
Then Hill, Hingerty and Maxwell each got in ineffectual shots, while Schofield grazed the bar with a strong kick. You've got seven goals this to get through, like... lads. There's only so much yeah, column. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's about six inches of column uh, on the first half, yeah. which takes us to 2-1. And then there's like two sentences that cover the other four goals. Anyway, uh, Liverpool was sometime in suiting themselves to the heavy ground. Go on, Stoke. Their only run in 20 minutes being nullified by McVeigh getting offside. Stoke then bombarded the Liverpool goal, counters by Maxwell and Schofield being repulsed by Wilkie and Goldie, while Donnelly saved from Hall. Liverpool then found their feet and made tracks for Johnston, aforementioned Irish mm. Johnston, uh, but the relief was short-lived for Maxwell carried the ball back, Schofield scoring grandly from his pass. So that's almost half the article, it's 1-0. The Stoke defence then had an anxious two minutes, Clare ultimately relieving. Uh, two corners to Stoke were unproductive, and then from a pass by Beckton, Ross and Allen carried the ball right through the Stoke defence. Allen equalising. Not Joe Allen. Uh, he always gets a game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so then it's one all, and then Schofield crossed to Maxwell, who plays Stoke ahead. Half time, Stoke two, Liverpool one. So that's almost the whole thing. And then we have on resuming, Stoke continued to press and rarely gave their opponents an opportunity. Donnelly saved well twice, but after 10 minutes play was beaten by Schofield and Hill added a fourth directly afterwards. Hingerty headed in again but was offside. He, however, obtained a fifth a moment later and a sixth came from a scrimmage. Uh, we, we were always good at scrimmages. Yeah, that's lived on. <laughs> um, so yeah, and we where did Marvelous we finish? Thirteenth, we, we finished in uh, the first division. Thirteenth out of sixteen uh, leagues got bigger, kind of more in more recent seasons. Uh, Aston Villa once again mm. winning the league for very much a, uh, a boon period for Aston Villa. Uh, they were and the yes, cop. quite comfortable mm. uh, league winners by uh, 11 points over Sheffield United. Stoke massively somewhat, massively off. We win three of our first 10 games, losing the seven others. Highlights or lowlights include a 5-1 defeat at Derby County, a 4-1 defeat at Sunderland. Uh, other than that, most of our games are relatively close. Uh, oh, sorry, 4-0 at Bolton, 4-0 at Nottingham Forest. Other than that, most of our games are relatively close. Oh, no, 3-0 at Preston North End. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, we lose 4-3 at the Wednesday. That was probably no doubt a classic. Uh, and attendances are kind of uh, still relatively low, in the 5-6. Uh, the highest attendance I can see is the 2nd of January game against Everton, which got... 8,000 people in and there's a couple more 8,000s later in the season so yeah, yeah uh, not not a classic season uh, I, if, when the signing of an Irishman constitutes a, a major highlight you know uh, we've not really had uh, much to write home about but uh, I'm interested in the FA Cup run purely because I want to know if uh, in the history of the FA Cup has any team ever played two teams called North End consecutively because we, we beat uh, Glossop North End 5-2 uh, attendance 2000 in round one and then lose to Preston North End in uh, the second round so two teams called North End what are the chances of that? In those years better than now yes, I would definitely imagine better than that. but yeah 
Glossop North End's behind that big Tesco, if you're ever in Glossop. I've, I've weirdly poked my head over the side of the ground. It's still there, and they play in a league. They play in a league. That's that's mm. that's the not the that's league. the minimum I expect from my. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's research. <laughs> yeah. um, what you've put in the in the final uh, note here is this season is really light on interesting stuff, but I finally understand how the playoff test matches work, so I can cover that. Yes, this is in reference to uh, was it last season we talked about the uh, test matches against. Uh, Newton Heath, uh, yeah, uh, which uh, we end up having a uh, relegation deciding game that was supposed to be on neutral ground held in Stoke on Trent. Uh, so uh, at Cobridge, at Cobridge, yeah. yeah. So how how do they work? What, what have you learned? Well, we we did have a kind of exciting end of season, although it doesn't immediately look like it because we. We had a good old-fashioned six-pointer, or it would have been four-pointer, um, at Sunderland with four games to go because we were we were we were going down at that point, and then it was like if we beat Sunderland, we've got a chance. But if Sunderland beat us, then we're pretty much scuppered because we're crap. Um, obviously, we lost to Sunderland, uh, but then we won the next three games, so it didn't matter anyway, and we finished thirteenth. But it's literally, I think it's on goal average, we escaped the. Uh, playoff slash test matches okay i know it's not nearly though we're very close um but yeah so the test matches took a mini league format which i think was introduced for previous season but we had a lot to get through and i obviously just didn't understand um although it wasn't quite a proper league so the first round both the first division clubs who finished in the bottom two positions play one of the top two second division clubs and then in the second round they just swap over and play the other second division club so, first division against second division. Right. And then the results of that are just tabulated in a league table format. So, it's not a knockout competition. It's just a tiny league of four, but only the first division teams play the second division teams. Okay. Um, so, in this season, Notts County, who'd won the second division, apparently they're quite an old football club, but they're not in the league anymore. Um, they won both their rounds, so they just go up easy and then Sunderland did a bit better than Burnley did against Newton Heath so Sunderland stayed up and Burnley and Newton Heath were both invited to join the second division although there's still elections after this so quotes it is likely that the league decided on re-election to the first division based on the final table of the playoff matches but it wasn't guaranteed because the football league's weird. So they had a table, and if you finished in the top two, you had a good chance of going up, but also you needed still to be elected by the other clubs. So that's how the test match format definitely works, and it's definitely here to stay, and nothing can possibly change that ever, especially not next season. <laughs> so we've finally got our heads around a system uh, <laughs> just in time for us to never need to talk about it again. Uh, we'll talk about it one more time. Ooh, I can guarantee that much. Exciting, yeah. So uh, next se- next season we've got uh, our ninth season in the football league to look forward to. The end of the the century is in sight for Stoke City. Can we just muddle on through to the death of Queen Victoria? Find out uh, on the future editions <laughs> of the Stoke City years. Uh, we'll just recap the uh, main stats from the 
1896-97 season. The chairman, once again, was Mr. S. Barker, hashtag Barker out. Uh, manager was Bill Rowley, <laughs> hashtag Rowley out. <laughs> no, 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 we like Bill Rowley. We've decided, no, we, decided we like him. Hashtag Rowley in. Stop having a go yes. at Rowley. Fucking okay <laughs> message board, pile into Rowley. <laughs> Just don't understand his ideas. <laughs> Dickheads. Uh, we played the Victoria Ground, of course. The process. It's a process. <laughs> Much like the Empire, it's a big process. <laughs> He's quoted as saying. <coughs> we played the Victoria Ground, we finished 13th in the Football League First Division with 25 points. Reached the second round of the FA Cup. Our top goal scorer in all competitions was Mr. William Maxwell with 16. Bang, bang, Maxwell, silver hammer. Had not been out yet, that's in the 60s, <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, the highest home <laughs> attendance was 8,000 against Everton on the 2nd of January 1897. Our lowest home attendance was 2,500 against Berry on the 12th of April. The average league attendance was 5,400. Thank you very much for listening to the Stoke City Years. Thank you, Tony, once again for your actually doing research while I muddle about with the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening. Go on, Stoke. <laughs>